You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Two of Storyteller Conclaves. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I am Sarah. I'm Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi. How we're doing? Um, I guess better than, like, before. Yeah. Like, between last <laughs> week and this show, I've been sick, tired, sick and tired, and now, and now okay. And now you're just sick of being tired. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I just, I have to say it, winter is hell on the body. Oh, yeah. Uh, being in enclosed places with people who are ill is a terrible thing. Uh, and I really hate sinus infections and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So. You've, you've taken too many. You need to put one back now. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Class. So, but I'm feeling much better and, uh, happy that, uh, the weekend went as well as it was and that the last few days have, have are done. Yeah. That we are on hump day. We are here. We are doing an episode and I have a voice to be able to do it. See, so. you've been, you've been stressed out because you've had personal things going on and yeah. some, and some illness mixed in oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I have started a new position at work, which is wonderful. Uh, and, uh, uh, I've also been, uh, kind of like going rush, rush, rush mode on my, um, on my game coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, cause I, <laughs> I kind of fell a little bit behind and kind of got distracted with other things going on. And what, what, what isn't a game without pa- painting like eight hours before it? Right. Right, like I, I in a panic. Re- I kind of started relying on Bioware magic, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't worry, I'll get it done the night before. I'll have a spark of inspiration, and I'll just write everything, and then everything's gonna be great. And then, like, I started realizing, like, oh, I've got a very full week, and I'm yeah. not gonna have time to do all that writing and painting, and I want to build some scenery, but yeah. that's just not gonna happen now. No, you know, no, that's like late Bioware. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's how Anthem happened. So uh, we're not gonna. Anywho, uh, let's talk about happier things. <laughs> uh, we're on episode forty-two. It is episode forty-two. Yes. So uh, we have, this has not passed us up. It is forty-two. Yes, which so, is an important number for all of you space hitchhikers out there. All right, just take a moment to remember where your towel is. Go find it if you need it, and lift a pangle out to gargle blaster in honor of the hoopiest of fruits, the late Douglas Adams. Yeah. We miss him. We love him. That crazy, crazy oaf. We actually talked quite a bit about him and a few other authors tonight before the show. We were kind of going through. <laughs> there was a the, whole podcast before the podcast. Really, really. <laughs> we kind of we kind of went into a storyteller circle of the absurdity that is reality and the writers who can navigate that to a level of comedy that you don't recognize as comedy, but you still laugh at it. And you can and lampoon it to lay it out for you. Like, yeah. Like just – yeah. Yeah, most mostly Pratchett and Adams. Yeah, mostly, mostly. Uh, but a bit, so. a bit, a bit of Guyman in there. So. Yeah, a bit, a bit. He can be quite funny, actually. Uh, we also would like to uh, give a quick uh, shout out and welcome to all the new members that we uh, showed up on the Discord. Oh my God, we had so many. Right. Like I lost track of like names uh, that that hit the lists, but we we had what like five new people joined? Four or five? Uh, I don't know if it was that many. Uh, so uh, Hollow Lord two, one um, came in. Uh, Verandas three. came in. Uh yeah, I mean we had a, we had a handful yeah, of them. And quite had a handful. So uh, Avendasora. Yep. So uh, Space Boy Shenji. Yeah. Yeah. Like crazy list, crazy list. So yeah, welcome aboard. We uh we love we love having you there in the Discord. Uh, feel free to join the discussion. Yes. You know, it's it's there for everybody. Thank you, Sam. By the way, I I see that you uh you you hyped in three. That is pretty awesome. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I see Knox is out there uh, chatting with us tonight as well. Knox is uh Knox is actually my third my third point here that I wanted to bring oh, up before we get into uh, our what's discussion the third point? tonight because like about three thirty or so oh, today. Oh yeah, he starts blowing up my phone and yes. I'm like I'm I'm in the middle of a case at, at work and I'm like oh, what the, what the hell is going on? Where's where's the damn fire so step away from my computer and i pull up this thing and knocks like just has this like oh by the way uh just casual thing i wanted to get your opinion on this fan art of like your character I that i had this professional person do mm-hmm. so just give me critiques how do you think she did and i'm like i love every pixel of this picture <laughs> that is fantastic <laughs> that kind of stuff is great like we talked about that like i love the idea of it i i want to get some pieces done uh-huh. but at the same time i'm terrified because i saw 
like one piece that got done. I think I posted it, uh-huh. and that person doesn't exist anymore. They're literally commissioned through like two years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. people have stacked money on top of other people's money. Like, hey, you know, whatever the last guy said, add a hundred dollars to that and do mine first. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of crap, and that is fantastic <laughs> i'll but, take the other guy out <laughs> exactly exactly but like it's that kind of stuff where it's like yeah i'm willing to throw you know two hundred dollars at an artist to build me a painting hell yeah you're gonna throw two hundred dollars you can't even get like wall art for that cheap these right, days right so to have an artist do something like that yeah i would totally like drop coin to have a custom piece of art done no it is it, he is he's quick to correct us here in the live chat saying it's just a draft yeah and that's but, true i'm sure he'll post it for everybody to see when it's done. Yes, and there's more questions to be asked because obviously I'm throwing random numbers out there. I don't know what the actual numbers are. But holy crap, the rough draft is spot the hell on. And it's it's awesome seeing my role-playing character like in, you know, not, not drawn by my own hand, just there. Like I, I can't even put it into words, which is bad for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should probably not discuss this. <laughs> right, right. All, All right. right. We let's, have a topic. Let's move on. Yeah. Five five minutes was well spent. All right. Have you ever seen the movie Galaxy Quest? Yes. All right. So you know where I'm going with this. I'm feeling it. There's this scene. Okay. Where they're in the bowels of the spaceship. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. No, I know exactly where And they going. round a corner <laughs> and there is like flame jets coming out of the side of the hallway and, the and like these giant like, hammers yes. like chompers i think they called yeah. them and they're like it looks like a super mario brothers level yeah and they're like why is this even here <laughs> they're like oh they they built the spaceship around the around the episode designs it's it was in the episode this episode was poorly written <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was it's it's kind of a it's kind of a of a D&D trope that oh, they, threw, totally. they kind of threw in there because it's a what a lot of like dungeons are built around where yeah. it's just like random death trap sort of crap. Who builds this what psychopath what? paid to have this build? Psychopath. <laughs> It's like, and then what was the work labor force thinking while well, they were like, would, would you get a bunch of goblins to build this for right. you? And you were like, okay, uh, Garth, I need you to dig uh, an 18 foot hole that's 10 by 10 and fills this hallway perfectly. Line it with spikes and put acid at the tips. All right, 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 right. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out here. Okay, what, okay, what I want okay. you to do? What I want you to do? Okay, we're gonna yeah, yeah. we're gonna build we're gonna build this peephole in this door, right? All right. Okay, right. so they can look in. Sure, but. If you don't say the password, it shoots a spike into your eye, huh? You want to build that? All right, cool, 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 cool. We'll get on that. You know, Terry knows all about doors. <laughs> Who is gonna do exactly? It? Exactly. What man? Okay, so <laughs> I need to calm down. <laughs> I'm getting sweaty about this. This Look. is it is the absurdity that is the that are these dungeons yeah. because there's no rhyme or reason. It is just evil chaos mm. wrapped into a building. Right. We've gone through and we found – I went looking. I went looking at uh-huh. old dungeon maps for uh-huh. a couple of days after uh, we started writing for this episode and I realized the absurdity of some of the older dungeons. Oh, yeah. Now, granted, most of them listed as tombs mm-hmm. and they were protections in those tombs and it kind of made me realize that most of them were designed after the ideas of the Egyptian tombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that the Egyptian pharaohs had built – these temples to themselves that when they died, you know, their followers would put, fill them with artifacts and they didn't want those getting stolen from mm-hmm. them. Not only that, but they put people in there with them to take care of them. And I assure you those people wanted the hell out of there. Right. Well, you, you know, know, if you're going to be buried for the rest of your life, which is probably about to be four hours. Right. Or less because your oxygen's going to eventually run out. Mm-hmm. You know, there were going to be reasons that you didn't want those people digging out or getting to a place where they thought they could get out. You're going to want to seal them into certain sections of mm-hmm. it and probably trap certain areas that if you got to a certain point, a second cover might cover that area, a.k.a. a giant slab of stone sure. that would crush the person who dug it mm-hmm. you know, out originally or anything like that. So I, I get the reasoning and the logic behind it, but that is not every tomb or hole in the ground or – Building exactly. These were the tombs of pharaohs. These were the tombs of kings. You right. Know? So your average run of the mill crypt in a backwater village is not going to have 
elaborate acid traps and dragons and monsters, you know, and you know, unless like every wizard aspires to be better than the last wizard and have more traps in there. Like I heard that this guy Tharkin, he built an amazing place. Like a hundred heroes died trying to get like, to his orb. Hold on, you're 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 building a dungeon? No, the dungeon of the Mad Mage has already been done, man. It's a published module. Oh, but this is the dungeon of the Madder Mage. Haven't you heard? <laughs> yeah, he saw that and he was like, I can do ten times better than this <laughs> he crap. T- he took it as a dare. That's right. That's right. We just stepped up his game. All right. So what? Wh- aside, where from, do we chop, as- chop this to start with? Aside from aside from things like that, you know, other common pitfalls. Uh, we've got like things like m- monsters. Oh yeah, monsters that are just literally waiting in rooms. Yeah, to fight. Adventurers, sure. They have no ecology about them. No. Yeah, because there's orcs in this room, and in the next room, there's what, like a dragon? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for some reason, the orcs and the dragon don't interact with each other. And right. The dragon has not eaten the orcs as a convenient bag of Cheetos yet. <laughs> you know, so true. So true. <laughs> They're green though, so I suppose edamame. Uh, whatever. You know, uh, whatever. whatever. Maybe that's the whole thing. He doesn't eat grains. <laughs> there was wasabi peas. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, random maze-like hallways. With no sane – that no sane architect would have ever cre- uh, created? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, things like that. Uh, r- rooms with no purpose other than to house an elaborate puzzle. Sure. Like to get from one place to the other, you must solve this riddle while moving these elaborate statues. Like why? Just put a key in a lock. You it's ready? cheaper. It's Capucha. It was the original <laughs> Capucha. Are you a robot? Do this little test for me, human. He who must cross this bridge must must click upon all <laughs> pictures that contain school buses. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. That's the only thing I can think of. They were trying to prove that you were human all right. or prove of something. You know? All right. But but I digress. We, we, how, I think we both have how to. Do we, how do we make sense of this mess of a trope that has become the dungeon? Literally half of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, we have less dragons now. I mean, it's right in the damn title. So we have to have more dungeons. The question is, is what is a dungeon really? Right. I I mean, by terms, we know that a dungeon is some kind of a dark, dank location filled with horrors and traps that must be cleansed, cleaned, or looted. That's what we're expecting out of it. Yeah. But it doesn't have to fit – to fit that, it can be any number of things sure, or any number of reasons why it's there. So back to let's be reasonable people yeah, and let's think about why is it there. Right. Like there's no question like, yes, you're rogues. You have two rogues in your game. They're both bored as sin because all they do is backstab <laughs> and they want a little bit more out of life than backstab. And you're like, all right, I'm going to make them a disarm dungeon. disarm something. They want to unlock right. something. Unfortunately, you're in the middle of the woods. Yeah. You're nowhere near a town and you're like, OK, what do I do? Uh, I'll have a crypt mm-hmm. or or uh, an abandoned tower from a mage and it will be a dungeon. Sure. Great. Sure. So first what do you first do? question you ask is what was it before it became a dungeon? Like you just you just listed off two great ones. A, a crypt, <laughs> uh an old tower. Um ruined temple to a forgotten god. I think that's a good one. Um I oh I love that one. Uh let's see here. Um is it maybe a dragon? And, and it could be something entirely different. Like it doesn't have to be a building, you know. Lots right. of things qualify kind of as dungeons. So like it could be a a dragon's den. You know. I like I like a mine. Mines mm-hmm. are always a good one because mines are good because and this is something I think that uh, leads into other areas. Like you can easily say that mine got reused. Yeah, because like we as a society reuse buildings all the time. Sure, like it may have been a schoolhouse to start with, and then became a church, and then because it's in the middle of downtown Ann Arbor, somebody gutted it and turned it into a very expensive house. A uh, club. I think that's actually what cl- yeah. Clutch Cargo is. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. In Pontiac, so, yeah. So like in, I'm, in 50 years, it could be a bazaar or any number yeah. of other structures that exactly. happen there. You know, <clears throat> I, I assure you there are people who look at some of the places that, you know, kids hang out today and they're like, that wasn't what it was to start with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know for a fact that on Van Dyke, there's a hotel that used to run a con by the name of Confusion where people did some things because it's a con, and it is now a retiree's home. Okay. The energy in that building is very different. Very now. different. <laughs> it's very different right now. But that's the kind of thing. Things change over time as well. Exactly. Exactly. So um, when you're building a dungeon, 
Think about that first and foremost. What was this structure? What was it a hundred years ago? What was、mm-hmm. it a thousand years ago? What was its original purpose when it was made? And a lot of times those should be very simple.、Mm-hmm. Like this was the tomb of a dude. Great. So he's probably going to have a place where he rests.、Mm-hmm. There may be a spot for his stuff. Yeah. You know, there's probably a preparation、mm-hmm. chamber because they're not going to prepare him hundreds of miles away and drag his butt to the place where he wanted to rest.、Mm-hmm. That took a while to build. You know, and lastly, I assure you, and this is my favorite part about it, it's gonna be small.、Yeah. Whatever the start point is, it's small because anybody else who's building up to that person's death is doing it on commission in some case.、Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there's whatever it was, whether it's godlike powers you're receiving or you're doing it out of love and devotion, that building's gonna be relatively small、yeah. for the most part. Yeah. So start with that. Start with that. So then, once you've got your original template. Of okay, this is a tomb. Then you can do whatever the hell you want to it. You can just drop a thousand years of weathering on it, essentially.、Um, yeah, you know,、uh, if 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 you've made an elaborate structure and you're like, oh, this is way too big, cave some hallways in. That happens all the time. Make make places inaccessible. Like I think the last dungeon I put you guys in,、uh, uh, Molivar, where it was. Oh like, yeah. There there was like a whole branch of that thing. It was literally just nope, it's caved in. Yeah. It's perfect. You, you mean there's a whole tunnel that goes left from here? Yeah, there was maybe at some point. Knox put out there an HGG, HGTV show where we flip old buildings into dungeons. Oh, I love it. I, my thought is this old dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> this this old dungeon. Yes. <laughs> you know, you've got like a worker who's literally like a, a you know. Today on this old dungeon, <laughs> Harbaugh has found himself the lair of the Knock King. It's been cleared out for many years, but after he cleaned out the cobwebs, the goblins, and the giant spiders, he's turning it into a pub. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see tonight if they can recognize his permits for allowing him to drain that swamp. <laughs> he's a subsistence farmer. She's a bard who sings at the local tavern for a few gold a night. Their budget is one point three million. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> The the problem is the problem is that house hunters are an、yeah. actual monster in D and D. Yes, they're like giant mimics. Sure, so <laughs> that'd be true. But I'm with you. So we like, can't call it that. That's an entirely、so、different show. You have things that change. So over a thousand years, the dungeon maybe some of the walls came down because of a cave in on the side of it. Maybe they didn't know that there was a sinkhole、mm-hmm. in an area because those things can pop up any number of places. So now you have a section of a well built structure that has been. Divulged into a cavern. Yeah. So now you've got this cavern section, and there are di- actually quite a few older dungeon maps that show things like that, where you've got this beautifully hewn area, and then there's, and a then there's sinkhole, or, or just, there's、yeah. or there's just a cavern that's attached to it,、mm-hmm. either by purpose because it was a secret way out or way in,、mm-hmm. you know, depending on if it's like pirates hiding their gold, you know. Yeah.、Um, But again, it was attached to it. But again, there's time in there. Different things happen at different yeah, times. Exactly. So,、uh, last dungeon or one one of the last dungeons you guys went into,、uh, the the entire floor、mm-hmm. was shifted like ten degrees to the left,、mm-hmm. and like half of the room was flooded. Yep. Because there was just the the, the earth just moved. You、yep. know. I mean, I had you guys in my gnome city, and you literally came into it, walked down the stairs into water. Yeah. Like it had flooded, and the water was relatively clean. Somewhat, but disturbed, murky, if you will. We'll we'll get there though.、Yeah. We'll get there though. All right. So, the big the big question that we're kind of getting at right, here right, is right. what has happened to the place between then and now. Yep. Okay. So you build your original template、right. with with what it what originally was in its pristine condition. Yep. Then you just start dropping crap on it. Sure. All right. So cave ins, things like that. But there's there's bigger questions to be answered other than just sticking stuff in your dungeon.、All、yes.、Right? Has this place been untouched until now? That's a good question. I mean, I'm sure other people have been in there because there's yeah、exactly. for things. You see a lot of these dungeons, and it's like okay, you go into the first room, and there's some treasure. Why is there treasure in the first room, or even even relatively accessible towards the beginning? Like, are you trying to tell me in the last thousand years we are the first people who've walked in here? Clearly, clearly, clearly. Or is somebody restocking this thing? I mean, a good example is is the Mines of Moria.、Mm-hmm. You know. That was a beautiful place. Well, I don't say it wasn't beautiful. It was a it was a beautiful location that the dwarves had caned and lost and took back again. And they called and, it a mine. And they called it a mine. A and they, mine. And they literally walk through the back door, which hasn't been opened in a very long time.、Mm-hmm. And the one person who's fragrantly surprised is the dwarf, who's like, "Oh no, 
everyone's dead? Mm-hmm. No, no. This He's like this can't be kind of a feeling and yet knows the truth. And yet the oldest person there is like, oh, yeah, that's right. That happened. Shit. You know, and – that's the thing is is that some in, in some people's minds, depending on how long of time has passed, they may not realize what may have happened to that location. They may have a belief that they know exactly what they're walking into. Yep. You know, it, I think that's a perfect something you could bring perfectly against a bard or a lore master in your game who is just like, hey, I want to know more about this uh, this this where we're going. Great, roll it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Temple's been used for the last 250 years. Uh, there's constant scholars who wander in and out of there. Uh, there's you know acolytes who actively use it. Um, yeah, it's a thriving temple. It's beautiful. You know, fountains on three different levels. Uh, you've heard tale that there's a library in the in, at one section of it and uh, a, a viewing chamber where light comes in through this. You know, when you tell them this whole thing, all of that is what the last person wrote probably 60, 70 years ago. Oof. Before it was abandoned, oof, you know, and yep. now it's abandoned, and now it's overgrown, and a couple other things have moved in, and yeah, maybe whatever the reason for abandoning mm. it is still there. Yep. So, uh, all right. So, um, or or maybe, may, I mean, maybe it has been untouched. That's possible. Maybe it has been untouched. It's unlikely. Maybe, maybe but it's remote. True. I mean, it may just be that well hidden that nobody can get there, or goes there, or or knows it exists. But at that point, there's other things that are telltale about that. Well, sure, 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 sure. But we'll but we'll get there. Though. Sure, I'm sure. just saying is is we're we're talking about like the 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 initial state of not having been pillaged by a bunch of other people is all. Yes. Um, is it guarded by something? You know, uh, <clears throat> right? Were there like mag- magical statues that kill anybody who tries to come in there or something like that that are right. eternal? And and un, and did, un, did you did unresting? you find the Southern Cross kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. You know. uh, are, is it is it just locked? Yeah, I mean, was it sealed away with an ancient tablet that you know, in a, in, a de- in a dead language that one person can maybe decipher the entire thing? Yeah, can maybe you, that maybe that lands it, in the hands of the adventurers? May, can you only open the door at a certain time of year with a certain light and yes. a certain key? And for a very damn good reason, because whatever's in there should stay in there. Correct. You know, that sort of stuff. Um, so, uh, or, or maybe it's just that there's an ancient curse that, mm-hmm. d- that deters people or, or, or a story that deters people. You know, it, they may not actually, you know, everybody who goes in there may not actually die of a curse. Mm-mm. They may just legitimately die because there's goblins in there or something like that. But tetanus. You know, They're dying word, from tetanus. Word travels. Yeah. And suddenly people start going, you know what? That place is more trouble than it's worth. It's curse. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, little Timmy went there when he was young mm-hmm. and died when he fell in and none, nobody could get him out because nobody could get through the hole that was the size of him. Yep. A hundred years later, many have died there. Some wails can be heard from a child that fell there decades it ago. It said the darkness reached up and snatched him. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yet that's the only person who's ever died there because everyone else has been told never go to hell there. Yep. All right. So if it isn't remote or locked or cursed or whatever to keep people out, okay? If mm-hmm. if, if if sure. Then then why is there still loot in there? He he does Nox. he gets in tons of trouble. <laughs> well, I would say like first off because there's something else there. Okay. That doesn't care about the loot but cares about what's there. Like a lot of times creatures will crawl into places and reuse them. A lot of creatures today, a lot of a lot of animals today mm-hmm. reuse other things, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Burrows, caves. Heck, we were playing mouse guard. Yeah, a couple no, that weeks was a perfect ago. Example. Perfect and, uh, example. It was a snake that was using an old like what squ- ground squirrel burrow or something. Something like that. Like that. Yeah. It was a decent size, so it may have even been like a vole or a mole. Yeah. You know, space. But he had, he, it had gone in there. To live mm-hmm. and and have its time, and we're like, it's way too close to this, you know, this mouse commune. We need to get this thing out of here. Man, fighting a milk snake is scary when you're a mouse. Yeah, oh. it's kind of like fighting a uh, exquisite naga. Oh, yeah, 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 shiny naga. Yeah. Um. All right. So, so but 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 what? <laughs> but what if? But here's the thing, though. What if your place is already looted? Yeah, I would expect it to be. Like I've done that multiple times before. Like in, again, yep. last dungeon I took you guys yep. into, there was an entire section of that place that was just picked clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, practically, like the only thing I didn't put in there was like graffiti, but it's only because spray paint doesn't exist in my world, you know. No, and and like sometimes maybe you do make it in, 
and everything's just ruined. Uh-huh. It's you know, it's it's been weathered. It's rotten. It's mm-hmm. it's mildewed. Books it's are just, destroyed. Things yep. are just just destroyed around it because mold is a thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you you but but you can use this to some really great dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. Okay, because and it doesn't mean that like the dungeon is useless though. Mm-hmm. Okay, first off, if other things have moved in there, they probably have their own valuables. Possibly, like, yeah. sure, the ancient thousand-year relics might be long gone and sold on whatever black market exists in the area. Sure, but uh, but you know the bandits that moved in there? Maybe they've got some stuff that they've like that they've stolen from locals. They've got their own stuff. Maybe there is you know a dragon that has decided that this you know this ancient cave system is 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 a good resting place for him or something like that and sets up in there. Mm-hmm. You know, dragons have hordes. Yeah, Knox wants an ambivalent god who really just doesn't care about the gold that's in there and it's just like yo you got you guys want some money i'm just sitting around in here oh yeah yeah that, that stuff it just take a pile it's like in the corner or whatever. yeah it's, it's dirty i don't like dirty money <laughs> i literally wash all my gold pieces before i go into town you know kind of thing now one of the other cool things you can do with with, with, with loot though mm-hmm. is loot half of your dungeon yeah okay because when if your if your characters are clever enough and if you're subtle enough with mm-hmm. it, your characters will suddenly realize that they went from a completely picked clean dungeon to a dungeon that is rife with valuables, mm-hmm. and they'll begin wondering why all this stuff has remained safe. Mm-hmm. And oh God, <laughs> I'm in danger. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or we'll do the opposite where they'll just be like, Oh, there's more. Oh, there's more. Hey, grab all this stuff. And then that's when the ancient undead lich rises from his grave and goes, hey, um, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's a no-no. Yeah. I mean, I, I love in video games where you'll be walking through an area and there's literally just crap everywhere. Uh-huh. And you're like, where did this come? How did these bandits walk right by this bag on the ground and ignore the two scrolls, three gems, and twelve gold. Seven hundred phoenix, seven hundred gold, and a phoenix down. <laughs> yeah. How how how, did, mm-hmm. how was this missed in all of this? You know, kind of a yep. thing. All right. So, uh, another big question you got to ask yourself is the structure intact? We mm-hmm. talked a little bit about this earlier, mm-hmm. um, but uh, a little uh, some some things that <laughs> will take out structures over time. Mm-hmm. Water damage is a huge, huge thing. Huge water destroys everything it touches. It feels really benign when it's just a little bit of rain, but you do it over a thousand years, and man, oh man, D- do do it over ten years. Yeah, talk to anybody who's ever been in the insurance remediation business; they will tell you hours of water will ruin things. Well, well, yeah, when it's built of wood drywall, but no, uh, no. Literally, look Stone? at them, old farmhouses. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do not want to be anywhere near an old farmhouse that has a flooded basement. Oof. Where the water has slowly been constantly filling and draining out of it. Oof. Yeah, feel that. Feel that. It sucks. I don't like it. And that's like our lifespan. Yeah. Not even hundreds of years. Yeah. So hundreds of years does a lot to a place. But you were even talking about things like sinkholes and caverns yeah. and stuff that All. opening in, whole walls collapsing, yeah. whole hallways collapsing from cave-ins, yeah. uh, little things like that. And honestly, uh, like se- seismic activity can, can take it's a lot huge. of stuff down. Yeah. Um, honest goodness, just wear and tear. Yep. You know, uh, and uh, I mean, no, nothing, nothing destroyed ancient Greece, really. I mean, it wasn't like it was a huge tragedy that that that, that took that that place down. But there's a lot of like, you know, it's all ruins now. You know, yeah. There, look, there's look, a city the, in the Jama- Pantheon, the yeah, you know, the Parthenon. Things the like city that. in Jamaica fell into the ocean from a earthquake. Whoops, whoopsie. Exactly. They were like, well, the sins fell in with it. If you go underwater, all the buildings are there. Mm-hmm. They literally just the land just sank. And there's all kinds of crap in that harbor. That's crazy. You you have to be like a super diver to be able to go there and certify it in a special way. But it's it's part of that. Like it's that's a history that happened. Yeah. That, that's practically within our knowledge of lifetime, and is still something that can happen. So you don't have to go very far to find inspiration for something that's crazy mm-hmm. in your mind to make to push that envelope a little bit. Now, keep in mind, too, that, uh, again, if you are not assuming that you were the first adventurers to go mm-hmm. in there, swords swinging around, fireballs going off. Yep. Um, I mean, tons of stuff in there. It, you're going to add some wear and tear to that. Place. It also leaves a mark. It yeah. leaves things. Exactly. Like if you go into a dungeon and you're finding bodies everywhere that are old, decayed and decrepit, like plate steel, mm-hmm. like – and. 
they they start asking like, "Hey, wait a second, what 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 is this armor from? This is like this is dwarven armor. We're yeah. in an elven crypt. What, 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 how is this here? Right. So now you've got to ask like, well, how did they get there? You know. So that's where you have to come into like, okay, who else has been here? What happened here? How did that change the space again? Great opportunities for environmental storytelling. Totally. Totally. Um, all right. So we've got through the uh, the origins of your dungeon. Yep. We've got through the history of your dungeon. Yep. What's there now? It's a good question. What does it look like right now? Yeah. All right. So question number one. Are the old inhabitants still there? Um, this is especially true for things like uh, undead and crypts. Ghosts, uh, ghosts, zombies, or if this was the prison prison of an ageless monstrosity. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, a couple thousand years passing may not have bothered them much. Right, right. I mean, they or if be, it's a holding cell for something. Yeah, they yeah. might be annoyed, but if they are indeed ageless, yeah, they're they're still there. Yeah, you know, is, it, is this a, a a vessel of a god that was left here? You know, and they they like Doctor Who did that with uh with. Basically like an image of the devil Mm -hmm. and basically there was this giant horned reaper dude and he was just like, you're you're just a thing. You're you're not even it like, no, you were actually the cell holding. Oh, no. Yep. Crap. I remember David Tennant fights the devil. Yep. And and that is a fantastic dungeon in that design Mm -hmm. is that realistically the dungeon was to keep this thing that was holding the evil back. Mm-hmm. This this physical vessel that locked it to something flesh and bone, mm-hmm. so that it would live forever with it inside. Yep, you know something like that. That, that that's good. That's good environmental design that, that for really future is. for future proofing, if you will. All right. So if it's not the old inhabitants, yep. are there new inhabitants? Goblins move into things all the time. Bandits find little holes in the ground to hide out from the law mm-hmm. and stuff like that, stash their goods and whatnot. It doesn't have to just be goblins and bandits. I know we say goblins and bandits a lot, but because they're they're, they're popular, they're easy choices. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, no, there's all sorts of things that could move in there. Um, all sorts of wildlife, um, both uh, both exotic and uh, and natural. Also, some benign things could be in there. We're not yeah. we're not saying that every dungeon has to be started with something evil. There could be like archaeologists there. Yeah, you know, other plunderers, other mm-hmm. other people going in there for the same reason you are. Exactly. You know, and maybe they don't want you there. I mean, this is the whole like Laura Croft Tomb Raider thing going on. Yeah. Um. Keep uh, thinking. Think back to our uh, our our very first session of our of my, of my game. Mm-hmm. Um. The the all the treasure that you guys found in that dungeon because mm-hmm. it had been picked over a hundred oh, yeah, times yeah. before. You know, that was other people. Um. You were fighting goblins that had moved in afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they certainly you certainly weren't fighting the ancient elves that had died off a thousand years ago. Um. And yeah, the 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 all the treasure was on an old adventuring party that went in there and got killed by the goblins. You were just picking the stuff off of their bodies. Um. So there's that. Uh, but if you are going to put new, you know, living creatures in there, think a little bit about the ecology. Right. Okay. How do they survive in there? Okay. Now, if you're close to the surface, obviously they have ingress and egress. Right. They have access to the outside world. Sure. Um, they, you know, and therefore they may have, you know, access to hunting grounds and water and stuff like that. Sure. But if you're going to do the thing where like you bury a whole group of creatures three floors down behind a bunch of traps and locked doors. How do what's their story? How how are they there? How are they surviving? How are they surviving? So, are they, you know, like things like black puddings mm-hmm. that can literally just dissolve anything that's organic matter that might find its way down there and may live for thousands of years because they can go completely dormant? Um, or do you account for the fact that they have an ecology down there? Is there maybe a larger cavern they have access to with a subterranean stream running through it for water? Yeah, maybe, maybe they, they can, were there first and this is just another place right. to be. Maybe they can feed off of some like, you know, bioluminescent fungus that grows on the walls or something. I don't know, but but think about it. Yeah, I mean, is know? there a sea cave that leads up into this thing and that's the warm spot when the sea rises? Like right. they just go back up inside and then they come back down when the sea falls back down. So at different times they're in that room and sometimes they're not. You know, is there a season to it? Like, are they like bears? Do they only use the space at a certain time, Mm -hmm. you know, for a specific reason? You know, uh, the whole idea that something can be a seasonal or persistent, like 
this space was originally a dungeon. These other guys came in and looted it. But their whole thing is the reason why they looted it was because it was a safe place that they could hunker down for six months while their energies changed you yeah. know, or whatever or they did a specific ritual or something. So they come here for that ritual and you're just here – on the days when they're not there, you know, I uh, I heard a, gr- a great story about uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand, mm-hmm. where it was like uh, the, the these humans moved onto this planet and they found these old Eldar ruins mm-hmm. and they they moved in and they created a whole civilization and like a couple hundred years pass and then all of a sudden out of the blue the Eldar come and they attack them because they were just popped out for lunch, right? And now. <laughs> They come I mean, back and they find the, the human Eldar. infested. Right. They're literally like – We were gone for only a thousand years, guys. Come on. It's like we abandoned the place. Exactly. In their mind, blink like of the, the eye. the stove was still warm. Exactly. Like. Exactly. I left something <laughs> on, you know. I came back to check this. Uh, all right. So let's see here. Uh, I got to find my place in my notes again here. Yep, 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 um, yep. All right. So if you do put stuff in, in your dungeon, mm-hmm. living stuff. Sure. Um, and it is not all one group, how does it interact with each other? Do they have like a civilization there? I mean, we we mentioned orcs in one room, dragon in the other. Sure. Do the orcs have a deal with the dragon? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It seems disparate, but if you can come up with a story for it, anything flies. You know. True. True. If the orcs maybe go out and like maybe the dungeon is a prison for the dragon. Sure. It was built around him while he was enslumbered or ensnared in some way. Sure. 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 The orcs have moved in and have struck a deal with him because they. He's essentially a giant guard dog for them. Mm-hmm. They bring him stuff from the outside to feed his horde. They venerate him. They feed him. Sure, maybe honest to goodness food, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You could come up with a you could come up with a dozen reasons why that works out. Yeah, but if you're gonna put orcs in one room and a dragon in the other, work it out. Yeah, I mean it's like the Joe versus the volcano thing, where like the tribes people appease the volcano so it doesn't destroy the world. They don't. All they know is that when he makes his large cry, it shakes the world and they're like, OK, well, we're not going to do that anymore. And the last time he breathed fire, he literally burned half the village. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to keep bringing him food and things that he asks for and pray that he just keeps giving us these blessings, which happen to be spells, yep. you know, and healing people when they need to be healed and things like that. So when people go to defeat the volcano, the volcano is actually a dragon that's locked in the basement. <laughs> Nox says a giant lives there and the monsters are his appliances just like in the Flintstones. Dragon stove. Dude, that would be fantastic. <laughs> okay. That gets two gold stars right that, there. That tickles That's me That's two pink. gold stars. That tickles me pink. But yeah, like they could build – you know, maybe they have barricades. Uh-huh. Maybe they've made their own doors or or have put in traps, but those traps are there for a totally different reason than we think. Exactly. And that's and that's the last point. Yeah. How have these people changed their environs? Because you don't need to make these traps ancient thousand-year-old traps. God, no. Honestly, the goblins are going to booby trap the hell out of that place. Probably. Probably because they're they're goblins. They're annoying little assholes. Like <laughs> who Well, not only that they're annoying little assholes, but they always have to protect their stuff with better strength and numbers. If one yeah. is coming back and he knows that he can make it through this corridor without getting killed, but somebody else might not. That gives him an advantage. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it is uh, there are very few creatures that will nest themselves also into known dangerous spaces. Uh-huh. You know, they'll use Venus flytraps as a home because the tr- flytrap gets benefit when something comes in there with it, uh-huh. but it's totally protected and crawl out and in whenever it wants to. Yeah. And that right there, it's a trap spider, I believe, is the way that works. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of symbiotic relationships are fantastic for situations like that. There may be a reason why maybe the goblins did set up a whole bunch of traps, but then spiders infested the area and they're not affected by those traps. Frogs and tarantulas in real life. Oh, there you go. Frogs and tarantulas do yep. that. Yes. So I think that's I think that's a really good symbiosis that you mm-hmm. can build if there's good reason for it. Again, you're you're being constructively reasonable yeah, when you're doing these things. Absolutely. And just, you know, it doesn't have to be like a, you don't have to write an elaborate story about it, but no. just, just have a reason. Yeah. Just have a rhyme or a reason behind yeah. it. Yeah. Um all right. Speaking of traps. Which is the whole reason why we're anybody wants to do this stuff really. Why? Just why? People just are why Okay, so let's be reasonable. It's an, let's old, go. it's an old trope and it just carried on and trap, now we're here. A trap in in its simplistic form is not something that people tend to design unless they're trying to capture something or trying to kill something. And both of those things are terrible for layers. But what it could be is something you believe is a trap. Mm-hmm. A trap is just – it is just a, a poorly designed mechanical process that could cause harm to somebody else. <laughs> OK. That's the truth. So for instance, if this guy designed a doorway and he's an orc 
and it swings from left to right and you don't know that when you pull this lever, this whole cinder block is going to come smashing against the right wall. That's a trap. That's a Sorry. trap. Sure. That's a trap. It's, it's poorly designed, but it gets the job done in the end, right? I'm, I'm thinking of a, of a, of a quote from uh, Darkest Dungeon. Okay. Like, so, so, odd is the trap maker's uh, is, is this trap maker's profession, never there to witness his own creation's efficacy. On the other hand, if you really want to have a psychotic trap maker who actually traps something and waits around to watch, I think that's fantastic. Oof. Like, imagine a wizard who actually really loves watching people get caught in traps. These are the guys who pull the flies off of wings to watch them squirm around. I think you just said the flies off of wings. Yes, I did. The wings off of flies. It's okay. I think you probably had it right for them. I'm Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Akbar had it right. It's a trap. All right. So, so that being said, elaborate traps should be rare. As the feats of engineering used to make them work, especially if your dungeon is thousands of years old, is astronomical. Do you know, like, man, I've seen padlocks that have rusted shut after two years out in, you know, out, out in the rain. Yeah. Let alone thousands of years in the bottom of a dungeon that's going to work perfectly off of elaborate acts of, cro- of, of pulleys and clockwork. And yet – in the bottom of an ocean, we found a device with gears and cogs in it that it had it not been at the bottom of an ocean and would have made it on the ship to its final destination, probably would still be functional today because the craftsman took the time to make it. I mean, clockworkers can do amazing things. But it was on the bottom of an ocean. At that time. Exactly. So my thought is, is this. There are mechanics, simple mechanics, mm-hmm. that can last a long time. Okay. But That's I'm not going to say that a, a a vine-roped pulley made from hemp and lime That's what I'm is going to last a thousand years. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Now, uh, we also talked about like, it would require but, a Hold ver- on. Well, I, okay, I want to okay, pause okay, for just okay. one, one okay. second. Okay. Knox has a point. When cliche is out in the open, cliche is acceptable. If I am running a game That's that fair. is literally cliche, adventure is a perfect example. 100% the temple that my adventurer is going into is going to have cliched traps of, and a giant boulder and rolling discs that are that have ancient gods on them that no one recognizes Look, and I'm going to have to shift some weights and carefully walk across a floor. All this crap is cliche and in a cliche world, that's 100% acceptable. Any game system in which Nazi zombie robots from the dark side of the moon is a <laughs> relatively common occurrence, I'm going to give that one to you. Yes, absolutely. So we're not saying don't do it. There's We're a time just, and a place for it is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. When you're gracing the edge of realism and acceptance into the mind's eye of a reasonable fantasy world, that's where we're going with yes. this. Yes, yes, we, yes, we are, yes, yes. We are stepping away from the unreasonable and exquisite and move in trope and moving back to reasonable. I don't know how we're moving back to reasonable. We're doing it. <laughs> When have, when have we ever moved towards reasonable in this I mean, podcast? We're, we're talking about goblins as if they are a legitimate creature with an understanding that's, and like a societal true. a societal norm that everyone on this conversation can understand. Real talk about goblins though. <laughs> I mean I'm sure there are people on this podcast who are just like, goblins do that? The, the hot take on goblins on this podcast. Um, and yet we're saying it's unreasonable to have traps at a time. Right. Again, right. I'm going to bring us back before no, no, we lose no. I mean, track. It's, it's where not we're unreasonable going. to have traps. I'm just saying no. you, need to, you need to be smart about your traps. Okay. Right. So um, elaborate traps like that, like keep your traps simple. Traps are meant to like quick, inconvenience someone. They need to be able to be set up, need to be able to be disarmed, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's going to be very rare that you're going to have the elaborate thing that requires an entire room full of machinery to move all the gigantic stone sliding parts and statues and fire off multiple poison dart launchers just, that are Just don't tell that to the Tomb Raider squad. That's exactly. all. Um, and smart traps, like puzzle traps. Those are the ones that, that get me – like if you've got something elaborate and smart and puzzly in something, there should be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Either that it is built that way so that something can't break it apart mm-hmm. easily or that only smart people who when reading this will figure it out that this is a bad idea. Yep. You know. Now, on the subject of smart people. I, 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 I was leading right into that. Yep. On the subject of smart people. Um, a lot of traps have a puzzle component to them uh, in, in your classic dungeons. Ask yourself why because essentially if you put a lock 
on something that requires only solving a riddle to unlock, what you are doing is you're saying only smart people can steal my crap. And that doesn't seem very secure to me. Now, there is a good time and place for this, as in like if you want a smart person or a worthy person to be able to cross from one side to the other through a door or something like that. Mm -hmm. You you could do that as like a trial of sorts yeah. to say, you know, only the worthy may pass and the, the worthy will be able to solve this riddle or s overcome this hardship or whatever to open this puzzle. Sean actually just dropped that Indiana Jones 3. Yeah. No, no and, and, and that's perfect too those because perfect. That, that's exactly what those were meant to be yep. is they, they are traps to, like in, in the sense of like if you get it, if you're in the know and you're worthy enough to be here, mm -hmm. then you'll be able to survive this. And, and even if you're just smart enough to think about it in this direction of have taken the time to – to figure out what was in our heads. Right. You're going to realize that when you get to the end of this, why you're really here. Yeah. And and maybe you shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. Maybe this was a bad idea. Yep. Exactly. But if you're just trying to like lock away like, oh, it's an ancient vault that has a, you know, a plus five Holy Avenger inside of it. Uh, and only the person who can solve this riddle may have it. Right. Oh, right. Okay. So I got bought a book of riddles for five bucks at the at the local Barnes and Noble, and now I have a plus five Holy Avenger. <laughs> exactly. Know? You know, but at the same time, if we we step out of it, a lot of times those smart traps that are there are again not meant for the person coming in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's meant just to keep people out of certain areas. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you, you we talk about you know all these traps, but we're we're missing some of the obvious things like an electric fence is to keep animals in. Mm -hmm. Not people out in most cases. That's fair. You know, That's fair. It's, it, it's low electric. It's only going to zap you lightly. You obviously don't whiz on it. But like those horses know not to go near the edge because it gives them quite a snap. Yeah. Right. Stings. Right. But like other creatures are going to climb right underneath it. It's not meant to keep the foxes out, mm -hmm. you know, uh, regardless of whatever they say. You know, so uh, in that sense, put that into your design. Like maybe there's certain areas that need to be cordoned off. Maybe there needs to be like secure areas that were in your stuff and those areas will have traps to keep out the riffraff or to keep certain riffraff in. Overwatch actually brings up a really great point too. Hmm. Um, the tune on the pipes in the movie Prometheus. I'm terrible. I haven't seen it. No inhuman engineered biological mon weapon monster understands music. That's interesting. OK. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Like, yeah, if you can play a quick tune on this little organ here, you can come in. Because those creatures over there don't know what the hell music is, let That's alone true. able to play an organ and figure it out. That's true. That's you true. You guys have a sense of art about you, so we want you in here. Interesting. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. I like that. I like that. And again, it's the it's you know the gating it gating it for the worthy. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's still gatekeeping, but yeah. it's gatekeeping that is meant for a reason. It's securing. Yeah, exactly. You know, a t a, what I always like to say is that a lot of times than not, the simplest things will keep people out. A locked door will stop an average thief mm -hmm. because they, it's not easy to get in. Yeah. You know, a locked drawer, will they'll just ignore it unless there's a reason that they know to go into that thing. Mm -hmm. And at that point, very little will stop them. You know, a, a good burglar who knows what's on the inside and has a reason will get into whatever it is. Locks keep honest people honest. Correct. Yep. Correct. All right. So your traps – we're running out of time here. So we are. We're we burning. Yeah. We're, we got questions too. All right. So most traps should come down to a couple different things for you. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, I'll let you wrap this. All right. So wounding traps in places that are out of the way designed to keep people from trying to sneak through like gutters, scale walls, otherwise move through. Think of like razor wire. Razor wire is one of these great things. You're not supposed to be climbing the damn fence. Alligators in the moat. Alligators in the moat. Punji traps in the moat. Yeah. Things like that. Yep. Okay. If you are – it's not in an area of foot traffic. Mm -hmm. If you are in there, you're probably not supposed to be in there. So we probably don't care if you die. Right. Or, or come away seriously injured. Yeah. Drawbridge over a moat of lava. The drawbridge is there to get you across. Not knowing how to bring down the drawbridge <laughs> is the reason why you shouldn't be going in there. Right. Right. You don't know how to bring it down. That's because we didn't tell you. All right. Now, here's my big thing. Mm -hmm. Alarms. Honestly, I think most of your traps should be alarms. Yes. Because first off – OK. No, from a, from, a, from, a, from a realism standpoint, but for also from a gameplay standpoint. Sure. OK. From a realism standpoint, if you're going to put traps in the middle of a hallway that, it, that, that actually gets foot traffic, you don't want Bob dying and losing his leg or something like that because he misstepped <laughs> when trying to get a beer, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, Agreed. so a lot of those things, and this, and there's examples of this in real life. Um, the Japanese built what they called nightingale floors. Yeah, the squeaky floors. Where they, yeah, they 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 put certain pegs in there, and they misbuilt their floors like on purpose, basically, so that they would squeak in certain places predictably. Mm-hmm. And so, if you knew, if you were an inhabitant of that castle, and you knew how to walk through the halls, you could do it without making a sound. But an intruder wouldn't know where the squeaky floorboards were. Right. And so they would sing like nightingales mm-hmm. and you knew someone was there. That's perfect. OK. Um, so things like that. But secondly, from a gameplay standpoint, from a storytelling standpoint, would you much rather lose your character to an encounter that you had a say in, that you rolled initiative in, that you fought in because you got ambushed by goblins by setting off an alarm? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather lose your character from just failing a dexterity saving throw and taking 46 falling damage onto some spikes? Yeah, the pride of the pike. Which feels cheaper to you? Uh, definitely the spikes. Yeah, exactly. Spikes. All right. Uh, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Slayer. Nice one, Knox. All right. And then keep in mind that you want to use traps to gate off areas of security. Yes. Okay, that's so what I was saying. I was agreeing with that. Your perimeter – is going to keep all invaders out from like okay, say you got a bandit camp. Okay, mm-hmm. you're going to trap the outside because right. you want anybody who's not a bandit to set off those alarms and or traps. Right. Okay. But if it's a larger area, you may have a in another another circle of security inside, where say maybe only the upper echelon can get to. Right. Okay. They want to keep even their own people out of it, so there will be another level of locks and traps. But it's going to again create another perimeter. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then there might be even something inside there. If you've got like valuables locked away, sure. those are great places to put traps. Mm-hmm. But again, it's designed to keep even maybe their own people out. You right. Know? Yep. But that's where you're going to put those things. All right. We have about 10 minutes left. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze a couple questions in that fit right into where yeah, we're going. Yeah, so we yeah, go anything. for it. Go for it. Sam asked, do all dungeons have uh, traps and puzzles? The answer is no. They can, but they don't have to. No, What's an appropriate amount of each and if they are in a dungeon without being too much? Same goes with monsters. I would say it's based on your 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 flow. I have – again, if you've got a bunch of rogues in your game and they're really edging for that kind of a thing, throw them in there. There's no reason not to. You can make reasons for why they're there. You can give them situations where it makes sense for them to be dealing with them. Same goes with monsters. You can always find a good reason – and a reasonable conclusion of why certain things are there. But I think it still comes down to pacing. If you want to have like 19 fights in your game that are all small that lead up to the big fight, you can find – you can scatter things throughout the space. Because again, it, it comes down to me to pacing. Like I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I think you agree. need to feel your pacing and that just takes time with any group. Like I know the timings on my groups that I play with. I have a six-hour window to play with them at max. And in that six hours, I need to get some social in there. I need to get some movement in there. I need to get some plot in there and probably maybe a handful of fights, maybe four or five really good fights Mm -hmm. and some interaction with the environment so that they can make some roles and some services. And that is it. That's all I got. I don't have time to have 19 mini goblin fights with these people or a bunch of a bunch of trap rolls to find out if they can survive it to get past a very intricate trap. But if that's what I'm staging for that evening, that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to make it worthwhile for that. The only thing I'll add is that if you add too many traps, mm-hmm. um, you're going to start making your group paranoid. Oh, God, And yes. it will be a I move 10 feet, I check for traps. I tap with my 10-foot pole, yeah. Yes, exactly. I move 10 feet, I check for traps. And you're going to be doing that for four hours. So yep. um, d- try not to go overboard, but, I mean, yep. it, it, you know, again, pacing. Grab Knox's. I think this fits as well. All righty then. Uh, Knox in the Box asks, what are some good methods for implementing secret passages and also ways to clue players into them? Ooh, I like that. I had something, but go right ahead. Uh, okay, off the top of my head, um, secret passages. Uh, there may be airflow through there, so mm-hmm. you're going to be able to see dust moving in or out, mm-hmm. possibly through a crack. Scratches um, on the floor. Scratches on the or, floor. Or where, however they move. Where places move. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, moving parts. And again, um, time changes. For instance, if you're going to a castle, like you know, maybe you're in an old castle that had mm-hmm. secret passages. Maybe the things that made them secret, portraits, mirrors, things like that that hid them are broken. And it's obvious that there's something odd going on there. Yeah. They, they may even be open. 
you know, yeah, a little bit exactly. broken in a in a way, and they have to be forced. Uh, there might be like water leaking from the other side or something like that in, yeah. in an odd way. Um, yeah. Or uh, another thing I, I think too, and this rewards a player for uh, for putting in things into non combat skills. Mm-hmm. If a player has like cartography skills yep. or whatnot, yep. um, clue them in that there's a space that doesn't look like it fits with the rest of the room. Like this room is not big enough to fill the space that it should. Yeah. Or, or good perception will do that. If somebody has an exceptionally high passive perception, mm-hmm. maybe they're just noticing these things a lot better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you, you, you feel like this, this, this should go about 15 feet further back. Yeah. You you, know? You've been around this space and this wall shouldn't be here. Yeah. There should be at least another 10 by 10 amount of space here. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Right. You know, those right, kind right, of moments. Right. Or like, you know, make a quick cartography roll for me, you know. Exactly. Also, yeah, the whole thing, like not fully fitted electrical light but still have candelabras on the wall. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. why is that candelabra there? That's a good question. You know, a gas lamp in a weird position or an oil lamp that's in a weird position. Yep. You know, a uh, a whole bookshelf that's disheveled except for four books that are stacked together nice and neat. Yep. That's a little odd. Yep. So, all right. Uh, grab. right. Let's grab another one here while we still have a little bit of time. Uh, Overwatch doesn't uh, doesn't ask a lot of them. No. Okay. What's the best non-video game Indiana Jones Tomb Raider style puzzle you've put or seen in a dungeon? Something different than flipping levers, deciphering scripts, tricking the uh, Kappa into bowling its head or getting Mr. Misig to say something uh, is – oh, yeah. Misig to say his name backwards for instance. Uh I think uh, the best one that I, I I witnessed, I think, was the uh, was Z Bradshaw's discussion on uh, the one room that the trick room that he put into With a the dungeon. counter on it. Yeah, it was just a counter. That's all it was. Yep, it and, just counted down sinisterly from from twenty. Yeah, to down to down to zero, and a button in the middle of the room reset the timer. Yes, when it when it got to like five from twenty. It would go and you, red. You could see like visible numbers on the yeah. wall too, and they would glyphs. count down. There were glyphs that, um, that glyphs counted on the down, wall yeah. that counted down. And then when when like when it got to five, like everything would turn red, and like the lights went out, except for like all these glowing stuff and stuff of like that. But mm-hmm. and so they they thought it was just so menacing, and they hit the button, and it would reset, it and it was twenty. 19. And they're like, oh, how, what do we do? And he would count down. Like, he would like in do that. So in they game. would have to make that decision while it was counting. And all it was is just a timer. If yeah. they just let it run out, the door would open. Because mm-hmm. the door closed behind them uh-huh. and the new door wouldn't open until – it was basically an airlock yeah. effectively. Yeah. But it would just terrify them. And they, they had no idea. Another one was the orb. There was an orb in the middle of the room and they were – it was discriminately you – know, without question, they read it and it said, do not destroy this. And like everyone knew that if you destroyed that, terrible things would happen to you yep. and befall you. And it's – I think sometimes the simplest things will get your players going for hours trying to figure something out. Something that you just thought was random and simple, they will pour over like you wouldn't believe. It's and just a chair. That's right. It's just a chair. It's just a chair. Yep. It's just a chair. Uh, I, I honestly – I can't think of it. Um, I, I don't do traps in dungeons a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and so, and honestly, most of my, most of the traps that I do implement are Indiana Jones slash Tomb Raider style. So yeah. I don't have a good one here. Uh, my my favorite trap that I've ever implemented though was a uh, there was a a like ten by ten by ten stone cube, mm-hmm. um, and it was suspended in the ceiling, and underneath it was a glyph. Mm-hmm. It was a magical glyph, um, and the glyph was actually keeping a reverse gravity spell active mm. to keep the, the brick oh. in the ceiling. Yep. And anytime the plane of the glyph was broken, it deactivated. And so that block would come smashing down. If they tried to dispel the glyph, it would come smashing down. So the trick then became how do you get underneath it? And there was some pretty inventive solutions yep. to it. I, yep. I, I liked how my group got through that. Yep, yep. Do you want to grab one more? We only uh, got like two minutes left. Yeah, got a real quick one. Um, the Mad Elf. Okay. Uh, how do you – let's see here. Uh, Okay, so how do you work with in-game character relationships? Married oh, characters from last week. or characters in relationships with NPCs? Yeah, this is a carryover from last week, uh, okay. but I, I still like the question. Sure. So I want to ask it. Um, anytime that you've got in-game character relationships where it's predetermined, mm-hmm. I think that's between the characters and you're basically just dabbling things at it. Yeah. You know, you're 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 you, you may address their family. You might address other things that are involved with that situation. And anytime you have characters in relationship with, with NPCs, 
if it's not established at the beginning of the game, the onset, the background, mm-hmm. and it's something that occurs, I think anything that occurs should definitely be a positive and an interaction with them. I think it's something that is in the story beforehand, like they have a big family who lives on this family on this farm and they have great relationship with them, and then the player doesn't interact with them at all. I think it can interact back with them in a, in, in either a positive or negative manner. And that's where you can have letters, you can have stories, you can have, you know, other family members come in from the work, especially if they've got a large family back home, maybe while they're on the road, an uncle shows up or something like that in one of the towns and they have a connection to them. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I actually have nothing to add to that. Fair that enough. was pretty much everything I was going to say. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I think we're we're just about ready to wrap up here. Uh, next week, what are we talking about? Are we doing our system spotlight? I think we're going to start with the uh, – yeah. Do you want me to do 7C to open with? Yeah, sure. I mean if you're up for it. Yeah, I could write something for it. OK. OK, cool. OK, Rob. Rob you want to okay. roll us here, uh, engineer? All right. So now next week, uh, we're going to be starting our system spotlight. We're going to be starting to talk about 7C. Yep. Uh, so be here for that. You can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave. You can find us on Instagram, ST underscore Conclave. And on Discord, the link to uh, to our Discord is in our Twitter, and it's also in every episode description in your favorite podcast listening software. We'd like to thank our Patreon members, Knox and Sam, for uh, joining us and supporting us in this wonderful endeavor, and the rest of our Patreon members who join us pretty much weekly on our uh, live show here. We get to chat with them. Yeah, just keep um, in mind that's a perk of being a Patreon, is uh, you can hop into our live chat during the show. Yeah. Uh, our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Gee Frog. You can find that at geefrogmusic.webly.com. Our outro music, which you're hearing now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. That can be found at freemusicarchive.org. We record every week at Podcast Detroit. You can find them online at podcastdetroit.com, on Twitter at Podcast Detroit. And a big shout out to our engineer, Caitlin. Thank you so much. You're wonderful and beautiful and talented. And a big shout-out also as well to our families, Vicky and Sean, uh, for supporting us through all this, all of our friends who've gamed with us over the years, and of course, every single one of you, our listeners, we love you. We love you. Good night. Good night, everybody.